0: If you dare.
4: The coast. This is betting
3: across America on v the sports betting network.
5: Back here betting across America presented by BetMGM, Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. And uh, we've had a great show thus far and it's just going to get a little bit better right now because what a pleasure it is to welcome in Tommy Bowden, the former head coach down in Tulane and Clemson. Coach Bowden, it's great to have you on the program today talking all things college football. Let's start off In the ACC, obviously, last we saw you with Clemson, and I thought if we were having this conversation here on October 16th, the highest-ranked team in the ACC would be Clemson. But it's not, Coach. It's Wake Forest here, undefeated Wake Forest, (laughs) 16th in the country. And a little bit earlier, Coach, we were going down the rabbit hole a little bit here. Right now, there's still not a favorite to win this conference at plus 475. If Wake Forest somehow wins the ACC and is undefeated, Coach, can they make a rightful claim in this crazy college football playoff world that we live in as a Power Five member? Is that a legitimate claim, or is that still crazy because their strength of schedule just won't be strong enough in a down ACC?
6: So that I think they're going to have to change their name. You know, Wake Forest is just not a football name. <laughs> right. So, I think. That's one of the things they got to start with. But I think their overall strength of schedule would get to them. I don't know if they would surpass a one-win Georgia. I'm sorry, a one-loss Georgia, one-loss Alabama, or, you know, uh, one of those teams. But uh, it's, it's a phenomenal job that Dave Clawson has done, but I don't think their strength of schedule would get them into the, the playoff.
3: Coach, outside of Wake Forest, probably the biggest surprise, if you will, in the ACC is Pitt, and and surprising, Mm -hmm. maybe not necessarily that they're 4-1 and and they're getting Virginia Tech tonight. It's that they're not winning with defense. We know with Pat Narduzzi, defense, 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 but all of a sudden I'm watching Pitt week to week, and they're scoring 40 and 50 points, and look, they've been getting all the money against Virginia Tech tonight. What do you make of the Pitt Panthers?
6: Well, they're for real because they've, they've been doing it consistently, consistently week after week after week scoring those points. On the the other end, you look at Clemson consistently, they haven't been productive, and and you know they've got legitimate problems, whereas Pitt, they have been consistent, they are a legitimate offense, and they have a quarterback that can pull the trigger in any game and and give them a chance.
5: Coach Bowden, it it is fascinating when you look at the job that they're doing there with Pittsburgh. They take on Virginia Tech today, and they are uh, a favorite. Now, that number has actually jumped up to about six here. started off about Pickham at the beginning of the week. But I do want to talk about Virginia Tech here, uh, Coach, because when I look at, obviously, I'm an old timer and Frank Beamer all those years in Blacksburg and Beamer Ball. And, you know, I saw him build that program. Then Justin Fuente takes over. We talk about coaches on the hot seat all the time. And certainly you and your family, you guys know all about this, what this is like. Should Justin Fuente be on the hot seat at Virginia Tech? What do you think of the job he's done there? And what do you make of this football team?
6: Well, the expectations, you know, after uh, Coach Beamer were so high. And then Justin Flantes came in with a very impressive resume, and you saw he would continue on the trend, and, and he, hasn't, he hasn't done it. So, uh, unfortunately, when you choose to go to a place like Virginia Tech or Clemson or Florida or Tennessee, one of those high-profile schools, the expectations are going to be high, and, and right now he has not met expectations. So, yes, it's, it's legitimate that they should expect more, and then he should be producing
3: more. Coach, everybody obviously is going to point to Clemson as kind of being the early season disappointment with the ACC. And look, when you've been winning like they've been winning, anything, if you have like one loss, that's going to be a down year down there in (laughs) Death Valley. But we've got a battle of the disappointments here in about an hour and a half. And it's Miami and North Carolina because it was like okay, maybe these are the two teams that are going to step up to Clemson of what we thought if Clemson was going to kind of stay what they were. But these two teams have been huge disappointments. The Eric King now out for the Hurricanes. North Carolina, you would have thought last year they made a uh, New Year's Six game, and they're now 3-3. Three and three. What do you make of the directions with these two programs? Some uh, chirping starting to go down there in Miami about Manny Diaz.
6: Yeah, you know, there were some chirpings last year because of the way, uh, the way they finished. And I thought with, with De Eric King, they would put those question marks to rest, but they surely haven't. They've, again, a very, very mediocre season. And, uh, uh, again, a, a place with high expectations. So I think there's going to be a legitimate concern if he continues to be, you know, hang around the 6-6 the, uh, six and six mark or 7-4, and four, even 7-4. and four. So uh, uh, no doubt major disappointments because those two teams uh, were picked to win the Coastal. And not only that, man, just the, the ACC has taken a hit from a national prestige point with Clemson's you know being short and but then the miami and the uh north carolina really puts a a damper on the overall perception of the acc nationally
3: this is one of those games by the way dave that stood out to me last year miami and north carolina remember miami had them in had carolina coming down to south florida last Mm -hmm. year all miami's got to do is win they're going to get a new year's six they're going to be have basically a home game in the orange bowl and North Carolina ran all over them. I mean, I think they're still running. I think they had like (laughs) 600 yards on the ground against these guys.
5: And, 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 you know, that is interesting. You know, when you look at, you know, Matt going back there to UNC, and and Coach Bowden, you won the ACC Coach of the Year Award twice. We talk about pressure on some of these coaches at some of these uh, high-profile schools in the ACC. Does that just come with the territory here? Is that expected? Do you feel that as a coach as it's building? Because It feels like outside noise that that people like us talk about and certainly, you know, social media and that sort of thing. But, Coach, do coaches actually feel it at these levels, or can they really block it out and try to do their job every Saturday?
6: Well, you know when you go in the profession at a school like Clemson or some of these other places what the expectations are, and it's hard to block out the noise because you have to address it in the media every single day. Now, one of the positives about North Carolina is that just in a couple more weeks, they're fixing to roll that round ball, <laughs> and you forget about it. So the the, uh, the the pressure at a place like that is not nearly as much as a place like Clemson or Florida State, where the where the round balls a second thought. Whereas at North Carolina, it's, it's uh, they'll forget about the 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 football season here here shortly. Well, you were
5: you didn't have that luxury at Clemson, right? When you're at a football school like Clemson, uh, and, and certainly they, they don't think about basketball first; they think about football. Uh certainly that goes back to, to the four days and and certainly beyond that in, in the eighties. What was that like coaching at Clemson and to see what Dabo has done and kind of make that now? That's why to Wes's point it's such a down year for Clemson by their new standards. Did you ever think you'd see it become almost
6: Alabama light, which Dabo has has kind of gotten it to? I I don't think anybody anticipated what's happening, even then, even Dabo. We all dream about that. that surely that was my goal. That was my ambition. That was my dream to do what uh, he's doing. But every coach thinks that when they go in there. And uh, when I was bouncing around as a system for 19 years, I, I really had about eight schools picked out, uh, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Clemson, and North Carolina. simply North Carolina because the ability to, re- to recruit, and it's a good football state. But you understand when you do that, the pressures are great, and I think that's why you pick those schools. I'd coached in the SEC for 11 years. I was familiar with an SEC environment and the pressures. That's kind of what I wanted to try to challenge myself with. So, yeah, but you know it going in. But my last year, uh, I won. I went 9-3 and, and and just signed a seven-year contract, and six months later was gone. So uh, you, always, you always understand that.
3: Coach, I uh, want to ask you about another similar situation, obviously something you're very familiar with, your late father of coach. The legend Bobby Bowden down there in Tallahassee with Florida State, and they are off this week, but two and four doesn't get it done down down Mm now in Tallahassee, as you well know. Do you think they've made so many switches? Look, Willie Taggart only got about a year and a half down there. Mike Norvell is now in his second year. Do you think that they're going to stick with Norvell, or are they kind of in this pattern where it's like, okay, we're going to keep hiring and firing coaches until we supposedly get it right?
6: They're going to stick with him all along because they're out of money. Right. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> they put all the Willie tags. And that's not a school, unfortunately, kind of like maybe a Florida or a Alabama or an Auburn. It's just got, you know, just a lot of, of wealthy alumni that are going to put it into to buyouts and things like that. So they've got, they're going to be a little more patient because uh, one of the reasons they're out of money, they've already given it away. Uh, Tommy, it's great having you on the program, and, and I'm not
5: sure if you're aware, but here uh, weeknights at Veasan, Sean King is one of our new hosts here, and he does a fantastic job. And I, I believe you might be familiar with him from your
6: Tulane days. Do you have a message for your old quarterback? Yeah, you know I was familiar with Sean when he was a quarterback, but I've seen him lately, and I think he's doing radio and TV in the position of a fullback. I think. He's... <laughs> 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 well, well, Sean if I coach him again, I'm moving him.
3: He's, <laughs> he's like, uh, Sean's going to be running some gassers uh, nowadays through getting that spry physique he was as a quarterback.
6: We were, we were absolutely the we great. great talent. He was a great talent.
5: Yeah, absolutely. We'll pass that message along. Uh, Coach Bowden. we'd be remiss too if we didn't say, uh, first of all, to you and your family, our condolences on the passing of your father, but really just what a tremendous football family you guys have had and your contributions to college football. So we really want to say thank you for everything and for joining us here at Betting Across America with Wes and myself.
6: No, I appreciate what y'all do for college football. Y'all enjoy the rest of the day and enjoy the game.
5: You uh, bet, Coach. Absolutely. Thank you. Great having Coach Bowden on here and, again, breaking down the, the ACC into Coach's point. I went down that rabbit hole with Wake Forest, and even Coach thinks, even though they're the highest-ranked mm-hmm. team in the conference, 16th in the country, undefeated, even if they went out, a one-loss yeah. Alabama. It would take a chaos scenario. It would take a, a Texas A&M scenario. It would take a two-loss for the Georges and for the Alabamas in order for that to happen. Some people gonna say that's not fair mm-hmm. because the ACC is still viewed as a power conference. But I guess now even Coach Bowden says that's not in fact fact.
3: But as Coach pointed out, round ball season uh, <laughs> emerging the last year of Mike Krzyzewski in Durham. Uh, right. Usually I was about to say late night with Roy because that's what it's been all those years in Chapel Hill. It's now late night with Hubert. Because Hubert Davis, the former Tar Heel, takes over. I know. It is weird. Wow. Because it's like, we're not going to have Krzyzewski and Williams. We're going to have Hubert Davis and John Shire starting next year in those two flagship programs. Yeah, it's
5: not exactly when you look at the royalty names in college basketball and certain Bowden associated with college football. It is college football royalty. A pleasure having Coach joining us now. So, uh, when we come back here, Wes, we've got two Heisman candidates that have had fluid odds all season long. Back, forth, back, forth. What about running back? Could we actually get one and find some value there with the running back position? We'll dive deep when you come back with us. It's betting across America right here on VC the sports betting Network.
2: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is
6: Betting Across America on vSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: Get ready for all the action this NBA season with the VEASAN Basketball Betting Experts. Grab your copy of the VEASAN Pro Basketball Betting Guide now with strategies, predictions, and best bets to stay ahead of the oddsmakers. Our hoop experts include Jonathan Von Tobel, provide provides strategy and advice as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and player awards. This digital guide is a must-have, so give yourself a betting edge this season. and Get your copy now for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Back here alongside Wes Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is Betting across America, we've had a wonderful show, and we're only a couple hours into a very busy college football Saturday. We've got Neil Everett, Sports Center anchor, is going to join us in the next segment. But your alma mater—it's not the sweat zone yet because it's third quarter—but you've got to be getting a little nervous.
3: It's always a sweat zone when you're a fan of Indiana football day. It's been the sweat zone for about forty years uh, <laughs> with this team, and right now they do trail ten to nine. Michigan State, Matt Goglin, a fifty-one-yard field goal to take the lead. Sparty minus one and a half, 36 and a half the in-game total. Michigan State still has yet to eclipse the 100-yard mark. Indiana 250-98. to 98. Nevertheless, no touchdowns yet for Indiana. Haven't scored a touchdown in Big Ten play. Now would be the time to do so if you're a Hoosier fan and a Hoosier backer. Speaking of touchdown, I picked six for LSU. Ended that half not so swimmingly, but now all of a sudden a little bit of distance here. Bayou Bengals 28-13 to 13 over the Gators. LSU minus six and a half, 69 and a half. On the in-game total a couple other updates still 35 to 7 here getting to about midway of the third quarter between Cincinnati and UCF Cincinnati uh, not probably going to drop based on uh, this current no. result also Texas 24 to 13 Longhorns minus minus nine and a half 60 and a half the in-game total there's about 10 minutes in the third uh, Arkansas did get down early to Auburn now has the lead nine minutes left to go in the third quarter. Hogs 17 14, Hogs minus three and a half, 51 and a half, the in game total.
5: Because I felt like I jinxed Coach O. I'm just going to say, no Tigers. Uh, let's talk about Texas a little bit. And let's talk about uh, Bijan Robinson here as we continue our Heisman watch conversation here betting across America. Because when you look at him against a quarterback in a quote unquote quarterback award, same odds mm-hmm. Bijan 20 to 1, Desmond Ritter 20 to 1. You mentioned Cincinnati. Uh, getting some good numbers for, for Ritter today to kind of boost up his acclaim. But Bijan Robinson, this is an undefeated Oklahoma State team, and I know Texas is a two-law school. But in an individual award, he is the heartbeat of this offense. And by the way, Sark's offense down there is hooking him. That's not the problem. The problem was the defense against Oklahoma. So what Bijan is doing, what the offense is doing, what he can control, Wes, to me, Out of all the players on the board,
3: this is the guy that I would buy. The price that you are seeing on that graphic, by the way, is no longer accurate because of what B. John Robinson is doing today. See how quickly that changes? Yeah, 15 carries, 120 yards, two touchdowns, a couple spectacular runs. B. John Robinson, by the way, now at 14-1, to along with Kenneth Walker III for Michigan State. Who Nobody on that offense has gotten anything going, so... That is probably going to drift a little bit higher, you would think. I mean, still about a quarter and a half to play down there in Bloomington. But Walker might be the drifter upwards, and then the shortener is going to be B. John Robinson. It certainly has been so far. Now 14-1, to the fourth choice on the board behind Bryce Young, Matt Corral, and C.J. Stroud.
5: It's not always this simple, Wes, and you know this. It's very nuanced conversation. Is he the best player in college football? That's what the Heisman Trophy Mm -hmm. is supposed to award. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to award who's the best player, not who's the best player in the best team, not on the team. It's supposed to be about the best player. And to me, the best college football player I've seen thus far, and it it is subject to change, is Bijan Robinson.
3: He's certainly the most electrifying. And I think when you look at Texas, uh, even even if they stay like a two-loss team, one of the things about being at a school with a brand name is like they're Texas, they're right. Almighty Texas. Uh, <laughs> put on the yellow roses on your lapels and everything else. So, look, he's going to continue to put up big numbers. And to what Pete Utek said in, the, in our first hour of mm-hmm. this program, the Green Zone, nobody really stands out. Nobody is like a clear runaway favorite. There's no, there's no Adrian Peterson. There's no Reggie Bush. There's no. Vince Young, like there's nobody that is just totally separated from the pack here. So that's why I do think Bijan Robinson, probably of all the non-quarterbacks, still has a very good chance to win this award, and why you can't really discount him. And look, the price has already drifted today. This is going to drift. They're not going to leave these cookies up there for very no. long because they see the Twitter machine going Bijan
2: freaking Robinson, Bijan
3: Robinson, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, okay, Bijan Robinson, where is he? slash it we're not going to leave those good numbers out there for people to come get us on a stale number but that's
5: a heck of a move for a half of football yeah to go i know from, t- from 21 to, to, to one. but i think he's the best player in college football but, but that's how speculative
3: it is yeah. and that's how many new people are getting into the betting market and the betting space is like you don't want to necessarily leave these down there like like desmond ritter not a lot of stats today he's still right at 20 to 1 Hadn't right moved. where he was before and look Thirty-five seven. They are absolutely rolling UCF right now. So uh, you know, a lot of these are gonna stay the same. And then I kind of look at the thirty-fives. Henderson from Ohio State. Also, uh, when we talked with uh Coach Bowden in the last segment, Kenny Pickett out of Pitt? Yes. Thirty-five to one.
5: Kenny Pickett. You want
3: numbers. Kenny Pickett's been in the Steel City since I think like uh maybe Johnny Majors was coaching there in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I, I it he, seems I think he he he's on like a, uh, Dan Marino, yeah, I think, I think he's Pitt. like on his ninth senior year there, but nevertheless, Kenny Pickett has developed. Over time, you know, he's kind of like a, you know, just get through it, kind of an okay quarterback, and now he's putting up elite numbers because Pittsburgh is absolutely killing it on offense. They're not this, you know, team that's got to win with defense and pass rush. Now they can outscore you. So pick it at 35-1, to and then you get down to a lot of the guys in the 60s, the Jaden Daniels, and then uh, uh, Corum, Rattler, and JT Daniels are at 80-1. to Probably those ships have
5: sailed. I think so. You had a Freudian slip earlier. You said the green zone, which, shameless plug, we do seven hours tomorrow for your NFL coverage. We are
3: betting across America on Saturday. I got the branding wrong. Well, the
5: reason why I bring it up is because our producer, Jacob Roach, has got a huge responsibility. We now have a food budget here on the weekends for both these shows. Mm -hmm. Does he break it up evenly, even though we do six today and seven tomorrow? How does he divide it? It's kind of like a Coach O situation. He screws us up. He's out of here. Speaking of Coach O, Every time I bring him up and give him an accolade, what happens? Florida scores. (laughs) 28-21 right now, LSU holding on to that seven-point lead. And I I, I kid because I just don't think it's – I think it's silly that he's on the hot seat, but he firmly is. And that's the reality of the situation, whether I think it's silly or not. He is on the hot seat here. So, Wes, if today happens, and what I mean by today happening is 21-6 lead, give up a Hail Mary before halftime. Then you get the pick six, and all right, here, go Tigers. And then all of a sudden, you somehow blow this. You see the live number now at minus six and a half. So tread carefully if you still want to back Coach O. I mean, th- this couldn't be a death nail, could it?
3: Well, and we're going to see if Florida can rally here. Anthony Richardson, who's the number two quarterback, they kind of been using that two-quarterback system down there. He's the more explosive right. player, I think, Of the two with himself and Emory Jones. We'll see if Anthony Richardson is going to go the distance. Now at the Florida quarterback position is 28-21. LSU, a lot of time left. 11 minutes to go, by the way, in that third quarter. And we did just have a touchdown in another SEC matchup here in the morning. KJ Jefferson gets sacked in the end zone by Derek Hall for Auburn. Fumble recovered by Marcus Harris for a touchdown. The Auburn Tigers now pulling a mild upset of the Razorbacks. 21-17. New live number here at MGM Auburn, minus minus two and a half, fifty eight and a half on the total.
5: Uh, Oklahoma State, by the way, uh, undefeated, 12th ranked in the country here, but they are struggling at Texas to get anything going offensively, 24-13. And they've been a, a, an interesting team. I, I say undefeated, and you look at Mike Gundy, and you know I think offense, but really they've been kind of a defensive-laden team so far this year. Do, are they just not explosive enough right now in, in the Big 12 to, to look at them and say, I, I take them seriously as a complete football team. Yeah,
3: they really haven't been. Uh you remember those great offenses. That's what they I think with of. uh Mason Rudolph yeah. when uh and that was wide also, receivers
5: galore. Yeah, going to the NFL. And and that
3: was also when the uh former offensive coordinator Mike Yursich was there in Stillwater. He of course is now at Penn State with James Franklin, but you know, you really haven't seen that explosiveness. Nope. Spencer Sanders today, thirteen of twenty four, one hundred and twenty four yards and interception just not really much there, and, and they're a little bit down on talent. I think they're very much a surprising 5-0, and but certainly up against it right now against the Longhorns. Eight minutes left to go in the third quarter, Longhorns 24-13.
5: All right, let's see if they can get back in this game against your alma mater right now. The under is looking like a, a, just a, a deadlock winner right now, 10-9, to 9, under six minutes to go in the third quarter. You know, I kid early, print the shirts, take the points. That is early in the game. Wes, are we getting to the point now that this is going to be a field goal game? Because it looks like these defenses are digging in, and they might bend, but they're not breaking.
3: Well, you wonder if Indiana is going to break As Now it's going to be a third and six. Indiana's got to get a touchdown. I, I agree with you in terms of taking the points early, yep. but
2: now you can't win.
3: I don't know if you're going to be able to win with field goals in this game. they got to get Michigan State off the field, which they have been able to do so far today, but it is going to be a... Uh, now third and seven at the IU 40. 5.30 left to go, by the way, in Bloomington in the third quarter. Michigan State up 10-9. to Michigan State, that line just disappeared. It was minus 2.5. Uh,
5: if you've been watching all day here, Betting Across America here on VEASAN, uh, I was standing up for Coach O, then I got him fired, and now I'm standing up for him again. It's a touchdown for LSU as they go back up by two scores in a wild one. Now
3: you're flying that flag. Let's
5: go, Coach, oh. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. When we come back, Neil Everett is one of the more entertaining broadcasters we have in our profession. He's going to be back with us to talk all things Pac-12. Come on back. It's Betting Across America right here in VEASAN, the sports betting network.
6: This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports
5: Betting Network. If you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see who the public is betting based on the number of tickets where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Money Over Unders and Against the Spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VSIN is here to make you a smarter better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Back here betting across America, Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. And, Wes, when we have what I would say is broadcasting royalty in the program, you don't make the man wait any longer. Neil Averett, of course, everybody knows him on ESPN, does a great job at ESPN LA. But also, a new endeavor. Neil, you're going to be doing some hoops this year for the Portland Trailblazers. Tell the people what you got going on.
4: Yeah, I'm going to be hosting with uh, Orlando Williams, Oregon Duck. Uh, the the pre half and post game show for 25 of the Blazer road games, uh, and I'm just so excited. I'm I'm thankful for to ESPN for allowing me to carve out that space. I'm thankful for the Trailblazers for taking my call. And uh, I'm glad it all worked out. And, uh, and you know, this is a that's a, the, the franchise that I, I kind of grew up adoring because my dad lived in Portland, and when I'd visit him in the mid-70s, those were the first Blazer games I saw. And, of course, 77, they won it all. And Bill Walton had long hair, and I was at that age where I, liked, I like that guy. He's got long hair. And, uh, so, you know, and, and, Dr. Jack stocking the sidelines in his beautiful jackets and all that. So to be able to be a part of it is really, I'm pinching myself. I, I really, am. I'm, I'm, I've lived a charmed life.
3: Yeah, we're excited to watch those telecasts uh, up there in Rip City and staying in the state of Oregon. Of course, Neil Everett is an Oregon Duck. Yes, he is. They had to sweat a little bit, though, last night. Neil is a a big favorite against Cal. (laughs) Cal got on the doorstep, couldn't uh, go through the door, but they were ringing the doorbell. What are you making of the Ducks right now? I know they're still in the top 10. Some people are saying, oh, they're right in the playoff mix. Some people are saying they're out of it because they already have a loss, of course. What do you make of what you're seeing from this program up in Eugene?
4: Well, they're not out of it from a, you know, they're not out of the mix. Otherwise, that same argument, Alabama's out of the mix. And I don't think anybody thinks that's true. So, you know, it looks like, you know, there's going to be some one-loss teams. Whether they're good enough to be in the mix is the more pertinent question. I don't know that they are, uh, but, you know, they're a good team. They're not They're not a great team. They had a great win at Ohio State and played pretty good. But, but since then and before that, uh, you know, I mean, listen, Fresno was better than people thought, and Fresno gave Oregon a run. Then they went to Ohio State and beat Ohio State. That's a huge win. Yeah. You know, that's as good a win as anybody in the top ten probably has. I don't think Texas A&M is in the top ten. Uh, and and Georgia is unbeaten, if I remember correctly. I need to caveat that I've been on vacation since <laughs> October first. I'm at the Oregon coast right now, and so I've done no studying here. Uh, and, and usually, I like to do my homework. Uh, but you know, the, God, I, you know, I look at Mario Cristobal, and I think, God, is there not a better way to make a living? Because if because if I'm losing the years off my life, I'm losing watching these games. I can't imagine that dude. And I know his heart and soul is into it. Uh, you know, it's. It, it, listen it, it's a process uh, uh they they they've won 5 they've lost one they they should be 6 and 0 or they sh- maybe should be 3 and 3 um and uh so uh, to bounce back from that stanford game beat cal uh Will Cox is a good coach and he's got the the old Oregon coordinator on, as his offensive coordinator. So, you know, they're that's a good coaching staff. They don't have quite have the players, but that was a that was a nail biter last night. Oh my god. I I just like, oh, why this was, like I, I'm nervous enough about this Trailblazer job to to have to deal with this. So, <laughs> hey, uh, but so I don't know. I don't know how good they are, but but they're five and one, and that's all that matters.
5: Well, to, to your point, Neil, and I, I think you make a good point. I think it is the best win we've seen, and I know some people are say Texas a against Alabama, but to go on the road and win that game at Ohio State in the manner in which they did, I, I do think it's the best win so far to date. Uh, in the country. But I want to talk about the com- conference as a whole, Neil, because there are stigmas attached with certain conferences, right? And so, like, we just had Coach, yeah. uh, we had Coach Terry Bowden on uh, in the last segment. And he was saying how the a- uh, ACC, right now, even if undefeated Wake Forest, the highest ranked team in the ACC, they're 16th in the country because Clemson's down, right? That there's just no yeah. way they can be in the conversation, even if they go undefeated. So, we talk about one loss, Oregon. What about the conference as a whole? is there still a stigma attached with big, uh, Pac-12 football that it's not as good as the Big Ten and it's never going to be in the level of the SEC?
4: Well, I think there is because, and, you, know, just, you know, if they invite four teams to the party and there's five, five, five teams are raising their hands and, and the fifth team is the Pac-12, and, and they're, uh, sorry, you're going to have to wait outside. Uh, and that's the way it's been more often than not. So it, it's not just about winning a national championship. It's actually being in position to play for one. And aside, I think from Oregon twice and Washington once, I believe that's the only time that we've been in the mix. And I think Alabama beat Washington, and then Oregon made it to the title game and lost to Auburn and lost to uh, uh, to Ohio State. Two games that I were at, I was at and and, and was miserable. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you know, yeah, I think you know. Listen, I and, and plus you have to add in it's the West Coast. Where you know where where life is diminished when when thought about by those on the East Coast. So um, yeah, yeah, I think I think your point I think your point is well taken. The Pac twelve has got to show up and represent, and and we'll see if they're able to squeeze one into the into the first four this year.
3: And the Ducks right now tied with the Beavers uh, in the Pac twelve North. They're of course going to meet in the rivalry later in the year, but it looks like the Ducks, obviously the queer favorite in the North. Neil, looking down at the South. Kind of been topsy-turvy. Of course, USC, you never know what team you're going to get out there in Los Angeles week to week. But you got ASU and Utah at the top right now, undefeated. They are going to play tonight, Pac-12 after dark. Our own Stormy and Tawny is going to be on that game, by the way. Pick'em game here with ASU and Utah. Utah hadn't been the vintage Utah, but starting to come back to earth a little bit. Uh, What do you make of Sun Devils Utes tonight?
4: Where's the game at? It is in Utah and it's even? Yes sir. Well, that that means they want you to take Utah, so I'm all over Arizona State.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would seem yeah. like it's exactly her metrics. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And, yeah, and listen, and I, I think there's a, I think I, I think even without being a contrarian better, there's a case to be made for Arizona State. They've been more they've been more cohesive, uh, cohesive this year, more consistent. Utah lost its quarterback. Uh, you know, and then beat USC. Well, and they hadn't beaten USC since the Millard Fillmore administration. But this <laughs> USC team is not what anybody thought it was going to be. You know, they're they're up and down, and and I think mostly down. So uh, I, I would go with Arizona State. And and speaking about Oregon, and, and you listen, Oregon's at UCLA next week. That I mean, that that's Oregon's going to need to bring its Ohio State game. Against UCLA, I think, because I think UCLA is, you know, they're up and down. But uh, that will be a, that will be one. There, I know one guy who will be really up for that, and that's the head coach. And so if that uh, if that if that phases off to his fellows, uh, that's going to be a hell of a game.
5: Uh, Neil, very quickly, when was the Millard uh, Fillmore administration?
4: I think that was back in the 1816s. i s. I'm just <laughs> kind of going off. I'm going off the top of my head. Right. There. I didn't. I didn't cover <laughs>
5: that game, so I don't remember it. I do want to ask you about UCLA. Against Washington here, Washington, uh, small home favorite, minus a point and a half. And your your take on this game, but really what you see Chip Kelly doing uh, at UCLA, do you think he survives long enough to actually make this his program? We saw Clay Helton got seven years across town in Los Angeles. What do you make of what Chip's doing at UCLA, or at least trying to do?
4: Well, I'm a huge Chip fan because of what he did at Oregon. Obviously, so there's the so I, I need to be I need to put that right out front. Uh, you know, the, the athletic director who hired Chip Kelly is no longer there, so that's always dangerous for a coach unless he's winning like gangbusters, which UCLA has not done. Uh, UCLA at Washington, one and a half. Mm-hmm. Washington's favored. Yes, sir. Wow. See that? now they're begging you to take UCLA. Washington's been horrible, so you got to take Washington. So you say uh, you're not a contrarian is, I, better,
5: but you're doing the contrarian plays.
4: Well, no, I'm saying I am a contrarian better. Okay. If I if I gambled still, and I don't because I'm so happily married. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if I was betting, I was, would be a contrarian better. I would have to take Arizona State, and I guess I would have to take Washington, although I really think UCLA is going to house them. You know, but, I, uh,
3: I ended up following that logic, Neil, because I did, I did play Washington as well. I was like, wait a minute. This team offensively struggles. They have still have a solid defense, yeah. but, but, man, I watched that game against Montana, and they were dreadful.
4: Oh, they've been horrible. I mean, like, 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 and they—they should have been good this year. Coach Lake's got a lot of seniors, so something is something is missing there. Where Chip Kelly, this is his group, and although they've been up and down, I think they do believe in, in what he's selling there. And back to your question, you know, whether he survives or not, I think he's got to have a big run. I mean, I think he he may have to win the Pac-12 title uh, to to save that job, given that he's got a new football coach. But you also go. You also like hey when when you fire a coach that means you got to hire a coach. Mm-hmm. So who's out there? Who's out there? Who knows more football than Chip Kelly? You know just, you know it, it's worked before. But hopefully it works again for him at UCLA. Well, I, and, I, and it's working to some extent right now.
5: Yeah, and I, well Neil Everett can't get the job because he's got another job doing Portland pre and post. Okay, and doing. I can't, I can't do it again. You got
4: another like, a lot of gigs. Hey
5: Neil, it's been a real pleasure having you on the program. Of course, we love watching you on ESPN. Best of luck with the uh, Trailblazers as
4: well. I love Beeson. Thank you, Propeller. Thank you, Neil. <laughs>
5: awesome. Great having Neil Everett on the program. Come on back. We got so um, a lot of games, and we still have to preview and in game and problems with with West's alma mater. Come on back. It's Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Discover what winning feels like at BetMGM. It's the best time to sign up because they're giving new customers a shot at a very easy 100 bucks. Register. Use the code decent 100 and win 100 bucks in free bets when you place a $1 Moneyline Wager on any college football game and either team simply scores a touchdown. No matter what your gridiron game is, BetMGM is always ready for all the action. Enjoy parlay, selection builders, daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use the code VEASAN100 win $100 when you bet $1 on any college football game and either team simply scores a touchdown. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. New customer offer, paid in free bets, eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is Betting Across America. And Wes, watching your alma mater. And this is the hard part. When you do what we do, mm-hmm. sometimes you feel like you're on the right side, and that side might not cover
3: right side, wrong result. And that's what it is for Indiana right now, by the way. Going into the fourth quarter in God's country, Bloomington, Indiana, Michigan State, though, leading 17 to 9, Sparty minus five and a half, 38 and a half in terms of the in game total. Another third down and short for Indiana. They got third and three from the Michigan State 39 yard line. Not been getting it done on third down. Four of 13. Indiana needs a touchdown here, and they need one in a bad way. And speaking of touchdowns, it's been a plenty in Baton Rouge. We are now tied. 35 apiece. And I mentioned Anthony Richardson was in the game for Emory Jones. Anthony Richardson has got to be your starter if you're Dan Mullen. He has got to start. And I Look, I tweeted that out like five weeks ago. I go, we got a new starting quarterback in Gainesville. Showed what I know. As he has not been able to crack that starting lineup, but I think it's his show for the rest of the game here at Tiger Stadium. Florida 35, LSU 35. Four minutes left to go in the third quarter. Gators now minus three and a half. In game total, 90 and a half.
5: 90 and a half. This is why in game is either the most exciting form of wagering or the most maddening form. If you remember a 21 6, I believe LSU was laying 12 and a half. Mm -hmm. Okay, after the craziness in the first half. And then it gets to be a one-score game. Then LSU was laying six and a half. Currently, they're getting three and a half. I mean, from pre-flop to in-game, this thing is all across the board. And for the life of me, I can't figure out what LSU is going to do going forward. But I told you then when they were laying 12, there's no way I could support that. When they were laying six and a half, I couldn't support that. Because as much as I like Coach o, and I'm rooting for his success, I'm getting choked up thinking about it. You just don't know what to make of this team. Yeah, Because I, I can't figure them out. Forget it game to game. It's in-game. You can't figure out LSU.
3: Gators, by the way, minus three in turnover margin here. But they're out yarding <laughs> LSU by about 120, 130 yards. It's all tied at 35. So that's why you're seeing Gators now as favorite. Emory Jones threw two picks. Richardson threw a pick as well. But Richardson has been the more big play guy. So, and look, I don't know why Dan Mullen's keeping this guy on the bench here. I think it's
5: got to be Richardson going forward. You know, you said God's country for Bloomington, Indiana, right? I did. Well, people in Canada call that the whole country God's country, which I think is, a you're grabbing too much of the
3: pie. You think that's a a little bit arrogant by our brothers from the north.
5: I do, and I like our peeps up there, but I'm just saying you can't take the whole country and say that's what God likes. You did Bloomington, Mm. just a specific area. I think that's... We can actually have that discussion another day. Let's talk about games getting ready to kick in about 45 minutes here. The 1230 slate here on the West Coast. And we have to go back to the East Coast between the hedges for Kentucky and Georgia. Again, Georgia is laying a big number, as you would expect. Did you expect it to be this high? Over three tutties. If you want to take undefeated, Kentucky, 11th in the country, great defense. But against a defense that gives up five and a half points per game on average
3: 21 and a half right now at bet MGM there is still some 22 and a half out there on the Georgia Bulldogs uh and I believe Georgia for the first half 13 and a half so less than two touchdowns I think the people backing Georgia are probably doing that old like what they usually do with Alabama play them in the first half so I think that's what you're probably seeing but I've seen mostly sentiment though taking Kentucky in the points because it's like Man, that's a lot of points for an offense in Georgia that, you know, is solid, but it's not like they just go up and down the field at will with relative aplomb. So maybe that Kentucky can stay within that number. I'm not going to test it out, though. I'm not going to necessarily get in Georgia's face here or get in front of them because that defense is so good. It can score off their defense. They can force turnovers. And look, Stetson Bennett's done a solid job. He doesn't mess it up. He makes a couple plays a game. It's not going to look pretty in the stat sheet, but makes a couple nice throws, and that's usually all that they need. Georgia, by the way, number one in scoring margin in all of FBS at 34.3 points a game. So there's a reason why they are laying this number. This isn't the books, oh, my God, the sports books here, you know, in mid-October hung a bad number. They did not hang a bad number here. This is probably the right number when you're looking at it. Uh, look, Kentucky, though, they do come in with momentum, best performance of the season, pretty much dominated LSU, who's mm-hmm. given Florida all they want right now. But, man, Georgia's starting to get healthy, and they are going to have, I believe, I believe they have a bye week next week before they have the cocktail party with Florida. But, I, God, I just don't want to get in front of this team. And I know well, this has been a widely bet game because yes. it is the afternoon <laughs> game on CBS, number 11 against number 1, six and 6-0, oh, 6-0, I think that's the first time it's happened in the SEC East. We usually see this in the West with mm-hmm. Alabama and LSU and the like. But in the SEC East, we usually don't get two teams this undefeated this deep into the season here in mid-October. But I'm not going to take the bait with Kentucky. I, I, if I had to, I would probably take all those points. Or if it got to 21 or less, I would be on the Georgia Bulldogs. I'm not getting in front of Georgia. I think this is one of the best defenses we've seen in college football in several years.
5: You mentioned playing Georgia first half minus the 13 and a half, which is kind of the new Alabama trend. It worked for Alabama backers until Texas a and I wonder if Bama backers will do that again today. I don't want to mention names here, our director, Jeremy Wingle, but he is on that. He's doing that Georgia thing mm-hmm. now that we saw become, I'd say, popular with Alabama. Is that a smarter way to go for Jeremy's money to say, all right, they might not cover the whole kit and caboodle, but. It damn sure first half. It probably
3: some... is because you could see this being like fourteen to nothing, or you could see Georgia dominating the game where it's like twenty-one nothing late in the fourth quarter. Kentucky gets a backdoor score, so you know we we shall see what is going to happen there. And by the way, a we, quick update. Yes, and I think this may come off the board. Miles Marshall looked like he had had a touchdown, but upon further review, I don't know if he got his foot in bounds. Okay. Uh, and and we shall see. Yeah, there there is a knee down, but a foot is already touching out of bounds. I think this six is going to come off the board for Indiana.
5: Okay, and they're down eight right now. But they do, I believe, second and goal inside the five. And the other thing I want to uh, make aware for our viewers and listeners is Oklahoma State. Don't look now. All right, you can look. Oklahoma State's going for two. And they might hook the horns here. They don't get it. So 10 minutes to go in regulation, but the Fighting in Gundy's only mm-hmm. down by two. And I bring them up because they are un- unbeaten. They are 5-0. and They are 12th in the country. And so when you want to start looking at potential schools that have pathways, because, look, Oklahoma was dead against Texas. And we were looking at Oklahoma and saying, ah, they're not a college football playoff participant. Well, what happens at Bedlam? Let's say Okie State comes all the way back here and beats Texas. Let's say they hook them. Down two, 10 minutes to go. Then all of a sudden the pathways there from Mike Gundy. We don't believe in this team at all, but you have to have a pathway before you bet your money on a team potentially winning or at least getting to the college football playoff. And right now it's right there in front of Mike Gundy and his teams. They're fighting.
3: Yeah. 24 to 22, that two pointer, by the way, you refer to no good. Still 10, 16 left to go down there in Austin. But, uh, Look, when you're down there 10 minutes, there was some uh, little debate I just saw on Twitter about, oh, too early to go for two. I don't think necessarily no, so. Think that was We've right seen call, that right? Texas defense uh, be able to be a sieve in the second half. We certainly saw it against Oklahoma. Oh, so boy. two-point game now in Austin between these two teams. Also, Auburn 31-23, 10 minutes oh. left to go. Could pull a mild upset. Tigers, uh, War Eagle minus 7.5, half the total. By the way, back to Bloomington, that touchdown of Miles Marshall is taken off the board. Indiana is going to have 2nd and 10 in the red zone from the Michigan State 18-yard line. Uh, Indiana just has not been able to get points when they need it, and they desperately need him now down a touchdown. No margin for error. Uh, you know, I kind of kidded. Okay, we can kick three field goals and we're right back in business. But when you've got 13 and a half minutes left to go in the game, that's not going to be possible. So we'll see if the Hoosiers can get in the end
5: zone. Very quickly. Let's talk coaching strategies uh, before we go to break here, because you mentioned, and I was with the Okie state uh, going for two in the tie here with 10 minutes to go in regulation, but to the the point of some of that tweeted at you and said, well, it's too early. Let's think of the flip. Now, if Texas scores a touchdown and kicks the extra point, now you're down two scores. Mm -hmm. So, with the right, and again, my initial gut reaction was go for two. Let's go I for think two in the when you're
3: this deep into the fourth quarter, there's still 10 minutes left. But once you get to that point, you kind of have to try to tie the game, I think, there, from that standpoint.
5: Kind of with you. I just don't know why coaches go for two when they're down by eight in a Thursday night game. When I have the Buccaneers minus six and a half. But you know what? That's the NFL. And -hmm. we'll get to all that stuff tomorrow on the Green Zone. This is Betting Across America. This is college football. He's Wes Reynolds. I'm Dave Ross. Come on back. Much more to get to here on VCEN, the Sports Betting Network.